Welcome to Board Game Thing, powered by Zatu Games, the weekly board game podcast uh, about mucking around, about playing board games, about table chat, about clapping before you start recording podcasts if you're doing it on a video record. Uh, and we are, we're video recording today. Normally we are uh, holed up in uh, Drafts Hackney. I remember the other week we had some brilliant intel from the owner about what that safe was all about. Uh, but the closest that we've got now is Louise broadcasting from her cupboard as we speak. And we need to start um, and let everyone into what's been going on uh, in the run-up to this recording, where this is a, this is nine forty-five in the morning, okay? Uh, and last night, Louise uh, wanted to know specifically what time we were starting because she would like to set her alarm to be up for nine forty-five. So, talk us through that, Louise. Firstly, I feel like you're putting some shame on me for this, okay? Which I don't think is warranted. Second of all, what would you like to know? Well, you needed to set a, an alarm to be up for nine forty-five, but which which calls into question your. Your morning routine or your waking routine. What time? What time do you normally get out of bed? Can I just interject here because I asked. Oh, uh, we were trying to record this podcast the other day, and while you were trying to set up some technical problems, I was just making conversation small talk with Louise. So we've got no common ground, so I had to sort of like make small talk <laughs> with her just to pass the time. And uh, I said, "So what? So what time do you go?" To-? She was asking me about what time I go to bed. I was like, oh, "I don't know, about ten or whatever. I get up quite early." And I was like, "What time do you go to bed at?" And she was like, eight thirty. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah." And what time do you get up at? And she's like. 11. Oh I think I th- I think you might have yuppie flu, Louise. I think you might have cuz you shouldn't have to you shouldn't sleep that long. That's not good for you. That's phenomenal. How many let's just try and work that out. So you go to bed at half no, eight. No, no, no. So so go to bed at half eight. I just need to okay, I need to clear some stuff up here before you two just go deep into this. I do go to bed at half eight, nine during winter because it's cold and my bed is the warmest place. Right. And it's not 11. I get up at about 10 because I start work at 11. So I'm 11 till 7 every day in work. And then I come home. I'm home about 8, have a little snack, and right. then into bed at half 8. Okay, so you, and you, do you go to sleep or do you go to sleep? No, 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 no. So I watch a couple of episodes, maybe read a chapter, that kind of thing. I really just like regroup. And then I start my day at 10 a.m. Okay, so you were, concerned, you were concerned that you wouldn't be awake for our recording at 9.45 in the morning? Yeah, stranger things have happened. Like, it's, you know, to be fair, can I just say this to the listeners as well? It's a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's a Sunday I'm just, morning. I, what I'm concerned about is I'm God's just concerned day. about your health. Um, do you, <laughs> does your partner, does he does he come in, does he maybe, uh, maybe 3 a.m. turn you so you don't get uh, bed sores <laughs> from staying in bed too long? Bushy's board game thing. Let's let's get to what we're talking about this week on board game thing. Uh, we're going to be looking at a card game that's been going on longer than you would even imagine. Uh, we're going to be talking about Pokemon, uh, which apparently is the abbreviation for um, Pocket Monsters. Is that right? Uh, basically, it arrived on the scene back in '96. Got a Pocket Monster. A little po- I heard that rumor. It arrived on the scene back in 1996. It's been around for for ages. And if you've never heard of it before or played it before, you play the role of human trainers that kind of capture these little creatures called Pokemon, train them up to fight against each other. There is now over 900 species of Pokemon out there, uh, and this is the huge thing. It's estimated to be the highest grossing media franchise of all time. And when you put that really? against like Star Wars, etc., that's a hell of a thing, isn't it? It's like got video games and computer games and TV series and everything. So. Uh, have you ever come across Pokemon before, either of you two guys? I was slightly too old for the Pokemon craze, um, so I've not really ever played it or experienced it before. I remember when the cartoon came out, and I remember when everyone went Pikachu mad, but that that was it, really. It's never been never been one that I've I've sort of indulged in. 
Um, I mean, we, as you'll find out in a minute when we do, our, we, we we played it the other day, uh, Louise. It had uh, vibes of uh, Pogs because of the whole um, the fact that you throw the little uh, you got the little disc that tells you who goes first. Did that did that channel good? We're still getting messages about Pogs, by the way, on our Instagram at Board Game Think. Uh, so enough about Pogs. There's, there there are Pog people, Pog lovers out there, but uh, it had Pog vibes, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want people to think I'm like Pog obsessed, but it, it absolutely did. And can I just say? By far, that's the most reaction we've ever had to anything on our board game Instagram uh, page. Yes. People just went mad for Pogs. And the Slammer, everyone sort of remembered what the Slammer was. And uh, that's what it reminded me of when we played Pokemon during the week. Anyway, another the chat. Let's have a little listen to what happened when Brian took on Louise. I was the uh, referee at a game of Pokemon. So Pokemon, amazing little head-to-head card game. You both represent humans that train little creatures called Pokemon. Like Tamagotchis. A little bit like Tamagotchi. Little creature. You've got a a, a deck of cards each that you would normally construct. This is brilliant because um, this Battle Academy thing that they've done is they've given you a pre-constructed deck. Normally you'd collect the cards, buy them each week and and, and adjust them to, so you've got it all perfectly matched up and fine-tuned. But you've got a deck each. Louise, you're going to be using a Pikachu deck. Can you do the Pikachu impression? I don't know any of these characters. Pikachu. Brian, you are a thing called Charizard. Well, let's start by drawing your uh, starting hand. If you draw seven cards each from your decks, that would be great. Uh, you should have a basic Pokemon in there. Is there a Pokemon in there you like the look of? Little creature? Okay. So both put your chosen Pokemon into the battle arena, oh, face down. battle arena. In the active spot. So It's like UFC. It is. It's the way Pokemon works is you have one active Pokemon fighting the other person's active Pokemon, and then you have a bench of uh, substitute Pokemons. If this was Everton, for example, it'd be three goalkeepers. Uh, substitute Pokemons that you then bring in as the battle continues. Best bit about getting a Pokemon game is getting the glittery coin. Uh, Louise, could you toss the coin in the air? And it's landed on... It landed on... Oh, you didn't pick a side. You didn't tell me that! Right, so which side do you want to be? Glittery or non-glittery? Obviously glittery. Right, so do it again. It's like an alien's taking over your body and just trying to mix in with us. Oh, I've never this is I've never seen anything like this before my life. Glittery, Glittery side. side, yes. Louise goes first, flip your Pokemon over. Yes. So Louise, tell us what uh, monster you've picked. So I picked because it is my earth sign, I picked Tauros. What does it look like? He's a bull, obviously. Of course, yes, um, yes. and he's he's quite magnificent, isn't he? He's, he's like a big raging bull. Uh, and you're up against Brian's Pokemon. Tell everyone what you've got, Brian. He's called Moltres, and he's like a sort of two-headed fire-breathing bird thing. No, no, just one head. Um, uh, one-headed bird, uh, fire-breathing thing. Tackle. For 60 points of damage, you put two any types of energy down, and Brian, you get hit for 60 points. Well, how many points have I got? Do I start with? 120. At the top right, you got 120. So, so what you do is you... I've down to 60 points already. So you, what you do? Booyah! Booyah! So bang, Louise hits you for that. You've got 60 points of damage there. Yep. Back at Brian now. I've only got one fire, so I'm going to do the assisting heater. But that sounds like something you get like in your spare bedroom, assisting heater. <laughs> Read it and weep, Brian. Another card from Louise. Boom! Malters, who sounds like a Belgian midfielder, your card, he's dead. Done I dusted. obliterated him. So what, what would happen Pikachu. is... Pikachu. Uh, Louise would take your um, he's card. He's dead. He's dead. Why are you taking him? Louise takes him as a prize. I'm not down with this. So there you go. A resounding opening round win for Louise, defeating Brian's Pokemon. Told you. There you go. That's what happened when uh, Louise beat Brian 
at Pokemon, and that is the brilliant. Can I just say? Can I just say before we get into this? Before we get into this, can I just say that you need to go and buy the uh, if you want to get into Pokemon. The thing that we played was brilliant. It's the uh, Battle Academy, the easy to learn, fun to play edition. So it sets you up with two preset deck boxes of uh, actually four, I think, of four different Pokemon and a brilliant battle board which has got instructions step by step on how to play it. So if you're a bit concerned about oh, this, looks a bit confusing, and you want to get someone into it. Uh, get that from Zatu because it's fantastic. So yeah, Brian, you, you wanted to defend yourself. She had, ago. she had, she had a lucky win. She had a lucky win. I'm not, you know, I. It was. A, it looked like it seemed to me to be a game of uh, chance, not skill, and she sort of lucked into it. But look, it's fine. It's fine. Such a I'm load not, of crap. I'm, so do you remember a few weeks ago, Bushy, when um, Brian won Catch the Moon, and it was just so unfair because he was just. It was such a chance win, and I had yeah. to come back and, and smash my Pokemon, and it I did. A, it was a chance win. I, look, it's fine. Look, congratulations. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You got what you came for. I hope you're happy. But isn't <laughs> it a good game? House. Isn't it a great? I, I think it's such a fantastic game because you've got this kind of mix of right. You can fill, you've got a limited number of cards you're allowed in your decks. So there's a deck building element to it, uh, and then even though they all look cute, I, li- I like games where it looks dead cute, but there's a lot of kind of nuances to it. So we, we've talked about um, uh, Roots before, the, the fantastic um, game by Leder Games, where it's all kind of cute little animals fighting in the in the woodland but below it the mechanics of it are, are, are really really kind of complicated and intricate and you can there's loads of different strategies i think the same thing with pokemon you can you can fill your hand with loads of pokemon but if you don't do if you don't put enough power cards in there which is a bit of trouble that brian had at the beginning of that little matchup if you haven't got enough power I don't have cards, trouble who says who says i have trouble with my power cards my you, power cards are fine right let's do a board game fact of the week off of our brian brian's board game fact of the week Oh, here we go. You ready for a board game fact of the week? This is gonna this is gonna shock you. Guess what it's about, funnily enough? Pokemon. I didn't realise just how much um uh Pokemon has infused its way into just the general culture of the of the civilized world. Oh right, yeah, um, right, yeah, right. And you actually you actually gave away one of my facts earlier on, yes. actually. Yes. Which is which is that which is that I didn't want to say it earlier because I didn't want to ruin your moment. But yeah, of, obviously Pokemon is the highest earning franchise of all time, which is insane when you think about it. It's crazy. It. It's crazy because loads of people don't know anything about it. Loads of people don't know what it is. Like everyone knows what Star Wars is, but Star Wars uh, isn't as successful as Pokemon, which is crazy. Yeah. We haven't even touched on Pokemon Go from 2016. Do you think they were uh, conf- uh, moments where people got confused about what, what they were? Because once I was in Soho and I was I was looking for a... Um, I was going to uh, Wagdamama's, but I didn't know where it was and I was looking on my phone and some guy came up to me because he was on his phone as well and he was like, oh, uh, Stephen. And I was like, no, no. And he was like, oh, okay. And then only afterwards I realised what it, what, what that was. And I wonder if there have been some Tinder stroke grinder moments with people <laughs> doing Pokemon Go. I don't know. So did you know, did you know, there is a scholarship to the Royal College of Art in London, one of the most prestigious uh, art colleges in the world. And how you get on this scholarship is by playing a Pokemon tournament and winning it. Get out of town. That's right, yeah. Because Pokemon are all about, I think, about culture and art and all that sort of stuff. So they want to get people that appreciate and value Pokemon's art and gameplay. And so what you do is you go on this tournament... And the highest ranked person gets a full paid scholarship from anywhere in the world to the yeah. Royal College of Art in London. Wow. Can they, so, I mean, if, if people listening to this and you are a like a, you know a serious Pokemon player, the, the bit that I don't understand is 
surely you're 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 kind of at the mercy of the the packs you've collected because you ripped off the top of a, a pack of Pokemon cards. You don't know what you're going to get. It's a bit like football stickers from Panini in the '80s and all that kind of stuff. So, but if you've got like a really good Pokemon that you've managed to find because you spent loads of money opening up the packs, does that does that give you an advantage against someone who might not have found that kind of gold? You know much sought after card let us know at board game thing but what about that and there's also the, the weird thing i guess pokemon's connected to that that japanese thing of little spirits is it called a yokai or something like that then in in real life in in japanese culture there's they think there are loads or, or you know in mythology there's loads of little spirits that are out there that are either helping you or uh, stopping you do stuff and all that kind of thing and that's, that's like a big thing with studio ghibli and all that kind of stuff i think pokemon's got something to do oh, that's kind of grounded in japanese culture i think but what's interesting is, if imagine if you got the scholarship to the Royal College of Art from playing Pokemon, and then you get there first day in drawing <laughs> drawing class, and you can't draw for sh- you can't even do hands. What am I supposed to do? Even, just, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so yeah, but, but good luck to them. Hopefully, you know uh, they do they do well out of it. Can we please get on a hunt to find somebody who got into that course via a Pokemon uh, scholarship and have them on the show? Can we do that, please? Imagine that. There used Imagine. to be a moment when I was at university, though. I remember people used to get in on a silly subject, right? And then transfer across to a tough one to get pivot. in. That was the pivot, the yeah. old move. Or maybe you could have got in, on, yeah, yeah. Um, got in on Pokemon and then transfer over to English literature. I hope this doesn't spread. I hope there isn't like a um, uh, uh, PS, PS5. A scholarship for Call of Duty, to, like to medical school. <laughs> so you get like doctors that have got no experience, they're just good at playing Call of Duty. Just don't know what they're doing. Uh, Brian, that's a fantastic uh, board game fact of the week. And in fact, you've picked up on something that I want to do right now, uh, which is you talk about drawing Pokemon, the art of a Pokemon, that kind of thing. I thought it'd be beneficial for us to immerse ourselves further in Pokemon by getting us to come up with and design a species of Pokemon. Like I said at the start, there's over 900 uh, Pokemon species and counting and growing. Uh, is there anything that you would like to put forward to the makers of Pokemon to be uh, a new species? Yeah, I have one. Right. Um, and mine is called Narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. Okay. Because it just falls asleep the whole time. Modelled on that... yourself at all? Exactly, or? yeah. Okay. Yeah. And does so he go to bed at like? Because uh, obviously this is a card, this would be a card that you would play. So what? You this look, Pokemon l- sleeps twenty two hours a day. Right. Uh, so it's only up. You got to catch it on the on the two hours that it's actually awake. And uh, its superpower is that it just falls asleep when it's in danger, and rolls up in a ball, and nothing can happen to it. I like that. If, you, if we're going to make this into proper Pokemon rules, maybe when you play it, you've got to flip that coin, and it's got a fifty fifty chance of being awake and up for it. Otherwise, it's just slept through. Less. Less, not even 50, like 90, 10. That's quite hard to do on a coin, but uh, we'll, we'll look into that. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, thanks sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant it's kind of... <laughs> flip, flip 10 coins. Right, yeah, an aggregate of that. I told you it's early, I'm not fully awake. Uh, but it's basically asleep most of the time. And, and that's, you know, that's just, that's the only one I could really connect with. Um, let's, try and, let's try and Pokemon up the name a little bit. Uh, Narcolepsy a puff, or Narcolepsy chew, or... It needs to be a bit cuter. Narcolepsy chew. Oh, I do like Puff. That's cute. Narcolepsy, Narcolepsy Puff. Puff. Okay, yeah. that's Louise's one. Um, before we get to Brian, I'll just shut my one in. I was going to just come up with one called Remoti, which is like a little TV remote with arms and legs. Um, and while she's not looking, just crawls off the couch and just goes and... Because we're forever looking for our remote. In fact, we've got one of those Facebook portals. And if you've seen those little tiny camera that sits on top of the telly so we can speak to... Um, you know, nanas and granddads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's got a tiny remote, which we can't find for the life of us. So uh, my one would be called Remoti. 
Looks cute, but he's a brute. Brian, it's definitely in the sofa. But it's down it the side 100% of the sofa. in your sofa, yeah. Or in a shoe, as it was the other day as well. Uh, Brian, what would your, no. uh, your Pokemon be called? I've, uh, I've drawn a picture of it. I don't know if you can see it. What? Can you see that? Right. You're not calling it that. That is not what you're going to be it's called, submitting. It's called Tea Towel Leaf. Tea Towel Leaf. It's basically... Um, uh, you know how you sometimes a cat's bum hole looks like um, a tea towel holder? You know, with the thing that you yeah. put tea towel in, sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. So it's called Tea Towel Leaf. It's just basically a Pokemon that looks like a massive cat's bum hole. It's got a tail. It's got no eyes. Right. Uh, and it just sort of wanders That's about. That's absolutely horrific. It so w- wanders about. How does it, it just battle? Goes, what's, it, what's its skill? What's its, what does it actually do? Uh, just... Have you ever smelled a cat fart? Oh, oh my God, it's awful. Yeah, so it just does that, like a gas thing, I don't know. Can I, can I ask you, just as a side question on cats, and I, I put this on Twitter the other week and got no confirmation or response or support on it at all, right? When a cat sneezes, it's a very specific scent. Have you ever noticed that before? <laughs> cat, cat sneeze. What? I could pick out a cat sneeze anywhere in the world. It's like, oh, my God, that's so, a cat sorry, sneeze. Sorry, said, you said scent, so like you think cat, when cats, it smells? Yeah, when a cat sneezes, <laughs> you can smell it. Oh, okay, you're, probably just, you're probably just smelling cat food. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, is... it's specific. Please, at board game thing, if you can smell cat sneezes too, <laughs> tell me about it and let's meet up because I'm the, I feel like I've got this weird superpower. Which it's like people, Sixth Sense. It is like Sixth Sense. What a movie that would have been. Uh, when has sneeze. a cat sneezed in your face, though, that you've been able to smell it? Well, Do you, you have a cat? We used to have cats, like, when I was a kid, when I was at university, we had a cat, and it, when, they, when they go, and do a sneeze, I can smell it. <laughs> so That's by far the strange thing I've heard so maybe weird. all year. Like, Let's talk about some other Pokemon games that you can get your hands on, uh, that you can buy from Zatu Games right now. Pokemon Battle Academy, that's the one we played. Pokemon Shining Fates Elite Trainer Box, a very cool uh, little foil-covered uh, box of even better Pokemon, which you can get. Pokemon uh, Victini versus Gardenvar versus Battle Deck Bundle. I don't know what any of that means, but there's they're some pretty badass Pokemon as well. And then Single Strike, Rapid Strike, League Battle Deck. So there's loads of other stuff you can do to, to jazz up your uh, Pokemon experience, that's for sure. Uh, let's just talk, talk very quickly, by the way, um, about Christmas, because we, we chatted a bit about Christmas on our Christmas episode last week, getting people ready for uh, you know the big day and all that kind of stuff and making sure people are, are on the case with buying their presents. Uh, Brian, it turns out you've got a bit of Christmas stress going on, is that right, in terms of Christmas Day? Yeah, yeah, I don't... Uh, so, you know, I don't want to... I, I mean, I'm almost certain any of the extended family don't listen to this podcast. I think I'm on, I'm on safe ground. But, so... Uh, we were going to have loads of family around for Christmas... My wife's family around for Christmas Day, which is fantastic. Love them. Great guys yeah. and gals. Uh, more than <laughs> happy to. We've bought all the meat. But then it turns out that... Alison's brother has to be on call for his job on Christmas Day. So he's probably not going to get called out, but he could do. And if he does, he needs to be near home. So Alison came up with the great idea of uh, switching. Why don't we switch it to Boxing Day? And then we'll just, we'll all do our own thing, you know, on Christmas Day. But then on Boxing Day, we can all come round because we've already bought the meat uh, and then game on. And then she said that to me. And I, I, I do a thing in our house. I go, yeah, I'm verbally signing that off. I'm verbally signing that off. Right. She goes away and organises that. But now it turns out that in addition to Boxing Day, her mum and stepdad are coming over on Christmas Day, which 
Again, I love them to death. They're lovely people. Love spending time with them. But that wasn't what I signed off on. I did not verbally. This is the problem with a verbal sign off. It's verbal. It needs to be a written sign off. You can't it prove it, can you? Yeah. So I've told her to go back, go away, and renegotiate that because I need my social battery needs time to recharge, guys. It is exhausting. I mean, you know, it is a great time, but also it can be quite a stressful time. And even I think just having people staying over and stuff it is exhausting. But, I mean, I remember my mum and dad telling me, and I don't know whether this is still the thing that people do, I think when, um, if you were like a married couple and you lived in the vicinity of parents, you, you were very much, back in the olden days, a bit more kind of um, uh, indebt- indebted or, or, or felt like the onus was on you to go and do the travelling for Christmas Day. But they used to do, I think, do like Christmas Day on, you know, lunch with one set one day and then travel the other day on Boxing Day to go and see them. Do I, if anyone gets into some ridiculous travelling at Christmas, tell us about it at Board Game Thing. Right then, it's time for Louise's Board Game Character Backstory Service. If you have a character on the front of a box or in a board game that you don't really know much about, let's change that right now. Louise, who are we talking about this week? This week we're talking about Scotty Dog from Monopoly. Oh. So cute, right? <clears throat> don't I... Louise I love Monopoly I love all the characters of Monopoly don't ruin the Scotty dog on Monopoly look let's okay? just see how it goes okay can let's I just, just say see... I was always uh... the dog when, when we used to play Monopoly when I was a kid I would always be little Scotty dog so this this, Aww, this, is, this is very much tapping into my heart here so yeah like, like Brian said kid gloves Okay, so this week is a classic, the Scotty Dog from Monopoly. Where did he come from? Why is he walking the streets of London? Well, Mm. he actually belongs to Mr. Monopoly. Right. Mr. Monopoly would take him out when he was collecting rents in London. If you didn't have the cash to pay for Mayfair or Bond Street, Mr. Monopoly would set Scott, the Scotty, on you. Oh, my word. Why? why, Two things. Not very uh, uh, inventive calling him Scott, the Scotty. Yeah, come on. What like else are you going to call him? It's like uh, if I got num- a pug. If I if I got a pug in real life, not on the board game thing, I would just call it Pug. Pug the Pug. You should yeah. Pug the Pug. Yeah, fair enough. Fair and enough. also, we said don't ruin Scotty for us, and you've turned him into some sort of attack dog that, that mauls people who can't pay their rent. Sick him. Okay, well, look, you're going to have to see how it goes. But when Mr. Monopoly was killed by a freak accident, he was ironing while in a sports car, and it crashed into a cruise ship. Right. Uh, that he makes didn't sense. Leave- that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave a next of kin in his will, which meant Scotty inherited the lot, making him one of the largest and richest landlords in central London. Whoa. Wow. Wait. I love it when people do that. I love it when someone who is like about 90 leaves t- 1.5 million to their cat and then the rest of the family are absolutely spitting blood about it. Love I it. love it. And get this, he's actually still alive. And fun fact, he owns half of Westfield. Oh my word! He's, well, no, he's, he's, diver- he's diversified. He's a clever dog. They've got two sites now, haven't they? Two Westfields, which is an amazing yeah. thing. He's spread now. Um, first thing, like you just said, Brian, we used to run an old people's home, my mum and dad, when I was a kid. And one of the old ladies there, um, there used to be one of her nephews used to come and visit every week, and we all basically knew that he was trying to get in on her um, inheritance. No two ways about it. Um, we knew his game. Do you know what I mean? And it, and she died. And you, so, you, were you guys trying to get in as well? We're trying to get in there as well. Trying to get in there as well. Yeah. So we're just trying to put him off. She left it all to the cat. Every single uh, oh. pound. I think it was like three hundred thousand pounds. She left it to her cat. But, but how does that actually work? Yeah, then? I was going to say, what happens does, then? Like, does the cat need to hire like a lawyer then? <laughs> Or yeah, what? it's got a staff and there's loads of hanger-oners, like other cats around it and that kind of thing that are only there clearly <laughs> for them. And they all go as soon as the money goes. They'll leave that cat alone, do you know what I mean? Uh, Louise, thank you. That was a fantastic uh, board game backstory service. And if there's any board game character that maybe is on the front cover of a box of a game that you've got that you would like Louise to do a backstory for, uh, get in touch now at Board Game Thing. 
What have you got there? I wanted to do the guy. I've got Rummy Cub. We were playing it last night with the kids. I wanted to do the uh, Joker face from Rummy Cub. That's weird. That's a weird face, that, isn't it? Yeah. Great I game, don't know Rummicub. if I want to do that. I don't know. That looks very creepy, Brian. I've never it heard of It was just a request, Louise. It was just a request. Okay, okay. Have you, have you heard of Rummer Cub before, Louise? Rummer Hell Cub? No. Oh, it is the best game to play with kids for strategy. It's brilliant. Play it with your kids. It's fantastic. Rummer Cub. Okay. Uh, Can let- I just say one thing? I um, I miss having Ian Livingston on the podcast. I think he should just be on every week. You uh, you can't. Let's be honest about it, right? You kind of had the hots for Ian Livingston, didn't you? I. Got a crush on Ian Livingston. You texted, just seemed... you texted the group and said you'd like to sit on his knee. <laughs> that wasn't for podcast material, but I'll, I'll let it go. I wanted to sit on his knee. I just thought he looked like a very, very nice man. Well, he was a lovely Louise, guy. Can I, can, Louise, can I just say, I'm, I'm scared of you. <laughs> I and I, it just some of the things you say, it just, it just scares me. And I just want to get that out there in, the, okay. in the spirit of honesty. I'm really glad that you feel like you can be honest with me, Brian. Right, on that slightly awkward moment, let's wrap up with the, uh, the board game thing at Stock Exchange. Uh, an algorithm combined between Zatu's top 20 games and the board game geek hotness. Uh, we, well, let's mention it again. Hero Quest has been re-released. Uh, I just because of my backstory, Bush. Because of your backstory about the Barbarian, I've just discovered that the, the couple who we know, who've got a kid the same age as Thea, uh, also play board games across the road. And the, the guy, Colin, has actually tweeted me a photo of uh, one of the main board games he's got, which is Hero Quest. So it endures even to the present day. Anyway, it's been re-released back from 1989, so check that out. That's a that's going right up the top of the charts. Spirit Island has made a comeback in the top 10 uh, on Board Game Geek's hotness uh, with the component upgrade pack. I don't know if uh, you've heard me say this before. Spirit Island is one of the best games out there. Like You play as an island fighting back against uh, human settlers, so it's quite a cool thing. You play as nature and work together to like flood uh, these towns and cities and push the humans back. So it's quite a cool concept. But the components are the worst components of a board game in the world but they've brought out a component pack so that's cool bit of an upgrade there now pokemon the living card game hidden fates tin climbing the charts and as we found out uh, on this podcast today you've got to catch them all and finally mind bug sci-fi game uh, in the top 10 of board game geeks hotness i think it's going to go a lot higher as well because it looks very cool and it's doing very well uh, a little bit like pokemon actually about sending creatures uh, to battle your opponent uh, and can only one can win so check those out uh, that has been another episode of Board Game Think uh, find the games that we've been talking about on Zatu's website and if you've got anything you want to talk to us about we'd love to hear from you you can email podcast at zatu.co.uk or go via Instagram at Board Game Think until next week we will see you then cheers guys 